millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, November 15th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, what's covered by that insurance plan? How navigating Medicare plans is troubling Mississippi's seniors. Then find out if anyone is breathing easy in the tobacco nation. In Mississippi from tobacco-related diseases. And we just can't leave a, a, a chunk of the country where 66 million people live behind. And hear from educators how human trafficking and slavery are not issues of the past, but can be done to combat the modern-day issue. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippians enrolled in Medicare have less than one month to sign up for supplemental insurance coverage despite questions about what will be covered. Open enrollment is underway for Medicare recipients who want to purchase supplemental insurance coverage, often referred to as Medigap. The supplement covers what Medicare doesn't pay. Ivory Craig is Associate State Director with AARP Mississippi. She tells MPB's Desiree Frazier people should review their coverage because policies change every year. Medicare supplement plans cover the gap left by Medicare. That may include your deductibles. That may include your coinsurance or copay. So it's very important to have something, some plan that will fill those gaps left by Medicare. When you think about uh, the options that people have, it seems like it might get confusing. How do you help people wade through the information and determine what works for them and what doesn't? We encourage people to consider the four C's when selecting a plan. Look at cost, which would include the monthly premium, the annual deductible, and the cost sharing or the copay. The coverage, the coverage for the doctors and pharmacists included in the plan, and the prescription drugs and other services you may need. Convenience, convenience of the doctors and pharmacies in your plan. Is there a mail order option? Can you get to the doctor easily? And then the fourth C is customer service. Customer service or the quality ratings, which are provided for most Medicare Advantage and Part D prescription drug plans. These ratings are based on the quality of care and customer service each plan provides. Is there a wide range of offerings in terms of what one covers versus what another covers or doesn't cover, or are they pretty much similar in scope? Each plan may vary. Now, there is some standardization, but... Each plan will vary depending on your needs. So the convenience and the coverage will really drive what a person will select based on what their 
individual needs are. Well, Ivory Craig with AARP, the Associate State Director of Community Outreach, we appreciate your insight in helping us to understand this subject better. Well, thank you. Navigating through all the options can be a challenge. Amanda Ward is Director of Programs with the Mississippi Department of Human Services. She tells our Desiree Frazier they have counselors around the state to help seniors make the best choice. The Mississippi Department of Human Services Division of Aging and Adult Services houses the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. With the State Health Insurance Assistance Program, my counselors across the state provide one-on-one counseling with individuals, their caretakers, or family members to ensure that Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in the most effective and proper benefit programs for their needs. Are there a lot of them out there? There are. There are a lot of different options, and those options may vary depending on the region that an individual lives in, the state they live in, and the the county they live in. And when they come to you, what is their chief concern? Most individuals that contact my ship counselors across the state are concerned with receiving the most coverage Uh, the most cost-effective point. So we work with these individuals on uh, enrolling in their Part B or Part D Medicare coverages or a comparable supplemental coverage if they choose that. We make sure that their prescription drugs are all covered by the plan that they're enrolled in. Um, And if they do wish to have dental or vision coverage as well, we will work with them on a Medigap or supplemental drug, um, supplemental insurance policy. So this is open enrollment for people who um, are signing up for Medicare and also open enrollment for Medicare supplements. Is that right? Correct. When people are considering supplements, what do you tell them to think about? I can't really answer that question because it's too hard for me to say that without directing people towards or away from enrolling in a supplement. When they come to you, what can you tell them about supplemental insurance? When an individual comes to us for counseling, we take in, we ask questions about their wants and needs and coverages. If an individual is interested in a supplemental coverage for vision or dental or any other type of supplemental insurance that original Medicare will not provide, then we will run them through a plans comparison, show them what is available to them in their area that also covers their prescription drug plan that they need. Can you give us an idea of what, like, the price range is for supplements from one end to the other? No, because supplements change uh, from district to district. One individual in DeSoto County may have a similar plan to an individual in Hancock County, but the prices may be different. So you can have similar plans, live in two different places in the state, and have a different price that you're paying. The supplemental plans are not provided by CMS or Medicare. So that is that would be a question for insurance the Department of Insurance, and not for SHIP. What are the biggest hurdles for people when they're trying to decide on supplemental insurance? 
each individual is looking at their insurance policies from a different perspective. Supplemental insurance, as well as any other type of insurance, can be difficult to navigate, to understand. The hardest part for individuals is just grasping the terms or the benefits that are being offered, how those benefits will work, and if those benefits are even what's best suited for that particular person in general, which is why SHIP is there in the event that the individual does or does not need that supplemental insurance. My counselors across the state can look at the person on an individual basis, help them determine what is best for them and if it is a necessary purchase at all. Amanda Ward with the Mississippi Department of Human Services. Thank you so much for your help and uh, providing this information. Okay, thank you. The deadline to enroll is December 7th. For more information about Medicare supplemental plans, visit Medicare.gov. Coming up, find out if anyone is breathing easy in the Tobacco Nation. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're going to get two guys to do a TV show about Mississippi, you couldn't pick two more enthusiastic cheerleaders than you and me. I'm an artist. I like to paint. I'm a restaurateur. I like to eat. That's what we're about. This week, we travel to Greenwood and visit with Martha Foose. There's a lot of eating, as always. Some painting beside the road, and we share togetherness in a big way. Join Robert St. John and Wyatt Waters in Palette to Palette, Thursday at 7 on MPB Television. Here's a great tip to clear the clutter going into the holidays. If you've got an extra car you no longer need, or if you recently upgraded your car and don't want the hassle of selling your old one, we have a solution. You can donate it to MPB. You can submit your donation up until midnight December 31st to qualify for a tax deduction. And if that car's gotten too expensive to repair just to get it there, well, come pick it up. Go by mpbonline.org and donate your car, truck, boat, RV, or motorcycle to MPB. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi is part of a key group of states where rates of tobacco use pose a higher threat to the lives of adults and youth. This according to a new report released from Truth Initiative. Researchers say despite historic lows in smoking rates of traditional cigarettes in the U.S., the rate in 12 contiguous states undermines this achievement. The states are being called tobacco nation and stretch from the upper Midwest to the south. The report explains that this is due in part to a lack of proven tobacco prevention methods like higher taxes, policies, and public education. Robin Koval is president of Truth Initiative. She tells MPB's Ezra Wall more. You know, we've watched dramatic progress uh, on national smoking rates, watching them decline. Adult smoking rates about 15 percent, youth as low as even 6 percent, which is tremendous progress. But what's being hidden in those national numbers is that there's a big chunk of the United States, of which Mississippi is part, about 12 states, starts in Michigan, goes down to Mississippi, from West Virginia to Oklahoma, where it's a very, very different picture, and smoking rates are dramatically higher. So, you know, for instance, in Mississippi, the smoking rate is 25% higher than the national average, about 22.6% of adults smoke. Uh, for youth, it's 33% higher than the national average, and that's very troubling because 
tobacco is still the number one cause of preventable death in the United States. 5,400 adults die each year in Mississippi from tobacco-related diseases. Uh, and, and we just can't leave a, a, a chunk of the country where 66 million people live behind. There must be some sort of cultural or, or, or economic or other factor that's causing uh, Mississippians to maintain this unhealthy habit at higher rates than other people in the country. The good news is that it, it's not about the people in Mississippi. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but it is that a lot of the policies aren't there that would help people in Mississippi to never start um, and, of course, to quit. So things like taxes. We know that when you make cigarettes more expensive, uh, young people don't start smoking um, as much because, let's face it, most young people don't have a lot of money. But taxes in Mississippi are pretty low. Um, number 39, if we were ranking you know, all the states, that's 68 cents a pack versus about $1.70 a pack nationally. Uh, clean air laws. When you make it uh, less easy to smoke at workplaces or in restaurants and other public places, people see fewer people smoking and they feel less of an urge to smoke. Um, again, you know, Mississippi uh, doesn't have the same protections in place that some other states do. And a lot of this is because the tobacco industry is very powerful. Um, they know where their best customers are and they fight really hard to prevent these kinds of things from being put in place. That protect people, keep them from starting, and help them to stop. What is it going to take on a policy level to get that number to come down? You talked about taxes. Mississippi, some years ago, did raise its cigarette tax. It used to be even lower than it is now. Well, there are a number of things. So taxes, of course, clean air laws, uh, things like uh, making tobacco less uh, present retail. So, you know, we all read how nationally CVS, the drug chain, took tobacco out of their stores. A lot, in a lot of states, pharmacies are no longer selling tobacco because it just doesn't make sense that in a retail place where you'd have you know, health uh, and wellness things being sold at one side of the store that you'd be selling death and disease at the other. A lot of states are also raising the legal age of sale to 21 uh, because we know that very few people start smoking after their early 20s. You don't meet 40-year-olds who say, hey, I think I'm going to start smoking today. So if we can keep young people protected from smoking, like raising the legal age when they can buy tobacco, that helps a lot. And also, um, we would call it cessation services, quit smoking services. A lot of people try to quit. 70% of smokers want to quit, but a lot of them try to quit cold, cold turkey, which is not very effective. So giving people access to things like um, nicotine patches and gums and uh, services where quit lines where they can get advice on smoking. You know, for instance, at Truth Initiative, we have a program called Become an X. Anybody can uh, access it. It's a digital program. We've helped over 800,000 people on their journey to quit smoking. So things like that all make a difference. I keep coming back to the taxes issue because it's a big discussion in Mississippi. While in some states it, it has been correlated with being a deterrent against smoking, there's an attitude in Mississippi and other conservative states that they don't want to just tax things as a punishment to people. They don't want to use taxes to get people to change their behavior. They want to use uh, uh, logic or information or scientific discovery or something like that to get people to change their behavior. 
Well, nobody likes to pay taxes. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, but, you know, if, if, if logic were, the, were, were what would work here, I mean, everybody knows that smoking is bad for you. But it's really hard to quit. I mean, let's face it, the tobacco industry has one of the best business models in the world. It's called addiction. Uh, when 70% of people tell you that they want to stop doing something, and yet they can't, even though 50% of those people try every year to stop, uh, then we have to do things to help them. Uh, and I think, you know, when 70% of the people are telling you, hey, I need help, I really don't want to do this anymore, and you know that taxes work, uh, I, I, and, and there are many other tools also. Um, it's not just taxes, but that's a really effective one. I think when we're talking about saving people's lives, helping keep them from getting 11 different types of cancer, heart disease, COPD, the list goes on and on, uh, it makes a difference. And by the way, on the economic side, one of the things that we know is that smokers actually make less money than non-smokers. So, yeah, maybe you pay a little bit more taxes, but perhaps you'd make more money. Robin Koval is the CEO and president of Truth Initiative. Thank you very much for sharing information about the report with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Smokers within Tobacco Nation smoke more, live shorter lives, and are more likely to get and die cancer than the rest of the U.S. Coming up, hear from educators how human trafficking and slavery are not issues of the past. Find out what's being done to raise awareness. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is now home to an advocacy effort combating modern-day slavery. Officials at Tougaloo College are calling slavery the human rights issue of the 21st century. President Beverly Hogan says the school is looking at modern slavery from the standpoint of curriculum reform, research, community engagement, and advocacy. It's also the first historically black college to become a part of the Red Sand Project. In an effort to raise awareness of human trafficking and modern-day slavery, the school erected a permanent art installation in the shape of the U.S.-Mexico border. President Hogan says the location of the school is a reminder for human rights activism. 148 years ago, before the founding of this institution, the land on which we stand was a slave plantation that was used to shackle the minds, bodies, and spirit of African-American people at that time. The American Missionary Association came south and purchased 500 acres of land of the old Bodie plantation that had fallen into the hands of the Union General. So it reminds us today that from the historical ashes of slavery that we have transversed through the evolution of this state and this nation, and we find ourselves in the 21st century where we still have elements of human bondage, servitude, and we know that in the form of modern-day slavery. 
24 cases of human trafficking have been reported in Mississippi this year, 237 cases in 10 years. That's according to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Salika Corley is with the Hines County Sheriff's Department. She says her 19-year-old daughter was drugged, abducted, and taken to Florida after meeting friends at a hotel in Jackson in 2012. My daughter, who at the time was 19 years old, in school, working, out on her own, and befriended by a group of people who thought she was just, she's cool, you know, she's, she's fun to hang around with, you're my friend. And they welcomed her in through this grooming process. Um, let's go and eat, let's go hang out, you don't have to pay for anything. Girl, we, you know, we got you, don't worry about it. Well, don't worry about it. It resulted in one of the young ladies calling her phone back to back to back and telling her, I'm sick. I'm not from the area. I need to go to the hospital. And she said, well, this is my friend. I have to find a way to go and help her. That friend offered her a can of Sprite. She said it was unopened. And she said, when I woke up, I was in a car full of people I'd never seen before in my life. Now, we have some victims of human trafficking who are still in the area. Unfortunately, with my daughter, she went through Alabama, Georgia. We found her outside of Orlando, Florida. She went missing in 2012. We found her in 2013. And even though it was shy of a month, the damage and the trauma that was done to her is you can't even imagine. And people say, well, you have your daughter back. And I said, I'll never have her back. Not the same one who left here. And when I tell you I had to go and train on just how to deal with her, I had to go and get all this specialized training. How to deal with the triggers. You know, while she's missing, I still have two at home. And it affected them as well. It affected my mom, my entire family. Because a piece of us was missing. A very vital piece of our lives was missing. And we didn't know how to find her. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what this thing, trafficking, what is that? You know, there was no awareness events to tell us, hey, tell your kids be careful. Because if I had known, I promise you, I would have done everything within my power to keep that from happening. Now, for us, we were blessed to get her back within a reasonable amount of time. But like I said, we don't have that same child back. We still have to deal with the triggers, whether it's a smell, whether it's a tone of voice. We still have to deal with those. And those triggers are, there's something serious, let me tell you that. And when people say re-victimizing the victim, that's exactly what happened. People didn't believe the circumstances around her being missing. They didn't believe it. And they would tell her, oh, you know she did that. You know she just ran away. Well, even if she did just run away at some point, she said, I don't want to be here anymore. That's still kidnapping. Corley says she now works to raise awareness for other mothers. And as a result, I work with other young women in and out of this city. And don't let people tell you that it's not going on here. It is. It is. Sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's strangers. But we have to protect our children. Because not only do they kidnap the mind, and, and when I say kidnap, don't, don't always make it to be that they take them across lines. Because of one interview with the pimp, he said, if I can get her mind, her body's going to follow. So that's another form of kidnap. And when you get these girls back, sometimes it's the damage, they have to be basically reprogrammed. Because everything that has been told to them while they were in the life, threaten their parents, threaten their children. I've even seen where pimps will sit in the car, or traffickers will sit in the car with their children until they complete that job. If you don't do this job, I have your children. What are your choices? What do you choose? Every time I run into a victim, I give them the best of everything that I have. 
because I don't see their faces. I see my daughter's face. And that makes me work just as hard for them. This is so important. You know, I, I have kids that have been rented or leased to their mother's pimp to pay a drug debt. Seven and eight years old. Had one who was missing from school almost two weeks and who was looking for this baby? We didn't know. We had no idea that this was going on. And I, I don't care where you live in Mississippi. It's going on everywhere. Gated neighborhoods, it doesn't matter. They, these bus behind the gated neighborhoods. I spoke to a group of ladies in Clinton last night, and they said, surely this is not happening in Clinton. I said, just as sure as you have a, an elementary school or high school, it is. So let's not turn a blind eye to the things that are coming and the things that are happening in our areas and in our neighborhoods. And I use my voice until she can use her own. Because even if she never speaks about it again, I will. Because I don't want another mother to go through what I went through in 2012. And I'm still going through it today. Thank you. If you suspect trafficking activity, the number to call is 888-373-7888. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101 at 10, Everyday Tech. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. And join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Educational Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at Woodward Hines.